Why, hello and welcome. Welcome to the Peer Pressure Podcast. I am Diane, sometimes known as Diane Kamikaze, and I am your host. The reason why I do this podcast is because I like to say I am a champion of heavy music. I've always found my favorite songs since I was a young kid had riffs, hooks, were either metal, hardcore, hard rock, or punk, or something fairly aggressive in attitude and sound. And I am all about appreciating the people that keep that world going, whether they're musicians, webmasters, other podcasters, record label and festival owners. It's important to me to recognize what these people do in that realm of music. So I am here to bring them to you in a different context, more than a Wikipedia entry or a press release, a little more personal and a lot more fun. I'm a rocker for life, and I hope these episodes do make a difference. Send me feedback at diane at wfmu.org. And my Facebook page is Diane Kamikaze Farris, Rocker for Life. Like my page there, and I will keep everybody updated on podcast episodes in that space. Thanks so much for listening, and stay tuned. My guest today is Dave Lombardo. This interview was originally conducted in December 2014. And that was when Dave was involved in the project band called Film, P-H-I-L-M. It's a somewhat techie interview. He's got a couple of really good stories. We don't mention Slayer per se, but it comes up in conversation. But this is not a Slayer interview. Just so you know. And stay tuned. I am Diane Kamikaze, and you are listening to Peer Pressure. I would like to welcome you. Thank you for taking some time to talk to the listeners here at WFMU. You just have so many things going on and are so multi-talented. What's going on with film right now? Well, currently, I mean, well... well basically celebrating the release of uh, this new new album and the new album Fire from the Evening Sun which we released on September 16th and uh, we're really excited and, and and happy that we finally put this album out you know it's it's taken a, uh, quite some time considering that we wrote the music for this album during the recording of our first album which was released in May of 2012. How is the music for you then, considering it, it's taken its time, when you listen to it now with New Ears in 2014? What, from, from the time that we... I mean, we recorded it uh, in 2014, Fire from the Evening Sun, but we wrote the music. Oh, you know? okay. Okay, yeah. got it. So yeah, it's taken a while, but mm-hmm. uh, you know, we finally got it out. But we, we think it's a nice uh, evolution that you know, we've taken since the first album. The songs are a little more concise and straightforward, you know. They're more appealing to your average listener instead of creating music that is avant-garde or or improvisational. And you are such a master of both. Do you prefer one to the other, or do you just sort of be like, this is my avant-garde project, like when you work with John Zorn or whatever? I love them both, but avant-garde and... And uh, improvisation is very uh, free. It's very, uh, it's not limited. You're not, 
you know, you're not creating music in a, in a singular format, you know. So it feels really good to perform, you know, improvisation. But then I also like playing songs that are structured, you know, on stage in a traditional way. In improvisation, it's, it's not repeated again because it's improvisation. Exactly. Yeah, and that's the beauty of improv is that, you know, you can never capture that again unless you record it. And, and uh, that's how film likes to create uh, and write music, and that's by improvisations. And then, you know, we record our improvisations, and then we'll just take these little gems, uh, what I call gems, and create a song around those ideas. That's how we create our music. So, you know, I try to utilize that format in songwriting with film. So you do, you pull the cool parts out, and then you... Exactly. Awesome. Yeah. So out of an, uh, an evening, let's say, uh, with film, and we're, we're recording, let's say we record an hour of music, we could probably lift, you know, four or five pieces that have potential mm-hmm. to be a song on, on a future album. You know, and we're really good at, at improvising, so a lot of the creativity is, is always flowing. So that's why we're, we're releasing one album after another, because we're just very productive. You guys just toured Europe not that long ago. Yeah, we did, uh, you know, four shows in Europe. We just, uh, we also did uh, Bogota, Colombia, and... Uh, oh, wow. You're going to stay uh, away from the cold weather up here, huh? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> At least, yeah. yeah around that. We, I'm joking, obviously, but uh, does weather really factor into, like, putting together a tour? I would like. I mean, I prefer not to tour, you know, Florida in the hurricane season, you know. Right, right. Never know what's going to happen. I don't like to... Um, tour, obviously, in the winter, especially up north, Chicago area, mm-hmm. Canada. It's just, you know, it's risky. You know, snowstorm. I remember being on tour with Slayer, and I was driving a Camaro with three other members, or two other members of the band in a, in a roadie, uh, while the other members were in a, a U-Haul truck. We were traveling across country. I mean, it was like 1983 or 84, and I was driving Tom's car, and we spun out, you know, in Montana or up in Canada somewhere, I forget. Wow. And we spun out, you know, hit a ditch. Luckily, we're all okay, but it was uh, it was scary. It, it certainly awakens you, and you, you sort of reevaluate things very quickly when that happens. Oh, yeah. Are you still involved with Phantomas? Yes. Actually, we're doing a show in South America. Yeah, Rockfest in mm-hmm. Chile. So, uh, I, I don't know. I'm not too sure. Hmm. And, and the uh, Phantomas has that wonder... Kammer box set? That's Wunder, yeah, Wunderkammer, which is a, a box set of vinyl of all the records that Phantomus has recorded, and uh, including a, a cassette tape, a copy of what Patton sent uh, Trevor, Buzz, and myself. Kind of like, you know, hey, check out this, this music that I'm putting together, you know? Um, oh, like the introduction. Cool. It's like an introduction, yeah. Oh, how, how, and is that how that happened? Like, you knew yeah. each other, and he sent you a cassette, and you just decided to... Yeah, jam. yeah, he, he, you know, we talked on the phone, and he gave me an idea of the direction of the music, and of course, the music's very complex, and he had to kind of give me an understanding of what he was thinking, and he sent me the tape, and, and sure enough, it was, it was definitely something that I was interested in, which... I think we released five albums together. It's, Who knows what the future will bring? Well, with your scope, it seems like you're interested in everything. I mean, I, I just I enjoy the arts. Period. I, I don't have any interest in sports. Sports doesn't you know doesn't take any of my time. Right. Um, and I don't see sports as creative. <clears throat> and so, oh, neither, neither do I. Yeah. So, 
what's left for me is, is dabbling not only in the arts, but, you know, in music and, you know, in staying creative. How do you motivate it's, yourself to do that? A coffee. <laughs> no, um, actually, you know, the, the satisfaction of playing on stage. I love being on stage and I, I love being in a studio. I love being creative. I love listening. So all these factor into my motivation. You know, every day I wake up, you know, excited. Okay, what can I do? Let me wrap this up. You know, of course, my day is also filled with other things, you know, interviews, you know, uh, you know, you got to take care of business. There's there's other issues involved in daily life, but you try to do as much music as you as you can and absorb as much as you can. That kind of keeps me motivated. Do you love your life? Yes, I do. It's, it's been amazing being a part of of such an amazing band like Slayer. You know, the fans that support me and the musicians I've been able to collaborate with. I couldn't be I couldn't be any happier. So I need to ask you about the Cree Master 2. Oh, man, yeah. <laughs> Controlling bees with drums. What was really going on there? I mean, a funny story. We were in a recording studio, and there were several different studios. I'd say Studio 1, 2, and 3, and we were in number one. There was another session going on in, in Studio 2. So the beekeeper comes in. You know, the camera crew is, is warned and told to wear protective clothing and don't swat at the bees because they would take that as aggression and they will attack. And I'm sitting there, I'm the one filming, you know, being filmed. And I'm in a tank top, and, uh, all these bees are flying around. And oh. I'm wondering, how is the bee going to know that I'm playing drums? And, and not swatting at and them. And not swatting at them. Well, it turns out I didn't get stung, but some guy in Studio B, the second studio, you know, he got stung. Got stung into the neck by a bee that went in through the vent. <laughs> so uh, wow. that that was that was amaz- an amazing day, an amazing experience to work with uh, Matthew Barney, Jonathan Bepler. So that was one day. How long was the whole experience? Probably six, eight hours. Visually, it's it's just really brutal. So, yeah, it was yeah. it was done really well. You know, taking the sounds that the bees made and oh, recreating and a song out of you know, those sounds, you know, that was really creative at the time. I really enjoyed that. Jonathan Bepler was the uh, music director for that. And he was really, really, really cool to work with. From a, from a technical perspective, I just want to ask you about your gear a little bit. A couple of years ago, you started using Ludwig instead of Tama. Yes. Well, first of all, why was that shift? And then I did want to ask you, like, how your kit has changed from, like, you know, the early, I mean, obviously not like your first little kid kit, but... In terms of like your first public kit, like maybe the first kit you play with Slayer, like you know, are your head angles different now? What's really fun? Oh, yeah. really different about your kit in terms of just your prowess as a drummer and the gear that you like? Well, I mean, in the early days, I mean, I started like the first Slayer shows. I started with the drum set that my dad had, you know, let me borrow the money to, you know, to purchase. I obviously had to pay him back. You know, it was a Tama and Peisty cymbal package, you know, where you get the drum set and the cymbals together. So it was like typical five-piece? Uh, no, actually, I think it was four, wait, four, five, six, seven-piece. It was a seven-piece. Four toms and one bass drum, one floor tom, and a snare. I used that all the way up until 1985 when I got picked up by, by Tama. And at that point, I started, you know, two floor toms, 
uh, you know, the first drum kit that they gave me was two floor toms, four rack toms, two bass drums, and a snare. And then as time went on, I noticed that I was able to get whatever I wanted from the company, not just your standard drum set. And I went for the really big bass drums, 24 by 18 inch deep. My rack toms ranged from, well, let me start with the floor toms, were 18 and 20 inch floor toms. Wow. So my, my floor tom, my, my biggest floor tom was the size of most guys' bass, bass drums. Bass drums, yeah, exactly. Yeah, so, <laughs> and then uh, it started from, from highest to low. I had a 16 inch tom tom mounted. So it was 16, 15, 14, 13, 12, 10, and 8. And then I realized, you know what, that's just too much. So I started scaling it down. You know, the drums got a little smaller. I still loved my 18 and 20-inch floor tom. That was, for me, signature. And uh, the 24-inch kick drums. But then I dropped the sizes down on the toms to 15-inch. So going from right to left, if you're sitting mm-hmm. behind the drum set... Uh, 15, 14, 13, 12, 10, and 8. And then around World Painted Blood, which was probably 2008, 2009, I eliminated the highest, tom, uh, the lowest tom-tom, which was a 15, and, and I shifted my ride cymbal to emulate kind of a four-piece drum set. So the right side of my Slayer drum kit was a four-piece, you know, it resembled a four-piece. So I, I would have that four-piece. That was the focus. So I shifted my focus to double bass to uh, the four-piece visualization and then adding all the other drums. And with film, I've switched everything to a, to only a four-piece. So oh. it was kind of a slow transition, and you know, but it's it's been great because I've recorded two albums with film, Mm-hmm. on a single bass, and the third one, which we anticipate releasing in April or May next year, 2015, that's going to be the first film album with double bass. And you prefer the two bass drums as opposed to the the double beater on one? Yeah, I, I really don't like that. I, I just yeah. don't get the speed or the volume that... Um, that I like on my other one. What it's done, it's helped me focus and create new drum beats and new rhythms with only the one bass drum. So, yeah, no, it's it, it, yeah. it's kind of helped me instead of, you know, making me feel uneasy or anything. And then now with adding the other bass drum to the song, the double bass comes in in places they wouldn't normally be heard. So I've been able to kind of to recreate my double bass ability by eliminating the other bass drum for a period of time. And out of all your musical experiences, all the one-offs, all the collaborations, all the regular bands that you've been in, which one would you say fulfilled you most on a level of of humanness, like being comfortable with people? Being comfortable with people? I I think um, what group you're asking, what band or project? Phantomus was like that. Mm -hmm. You know, working with John Zorn was effortless. Uh, with film, it's 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 effortless. Yeah, I mean, Testament. We had a great time. Ah. You know, that was effortless too. Mm, awesome. Who would your dream collaboration be with? Like, is there somebody out there that you really admire that you would love to make music with? Oh, there's many. Well, name there's a many couple. musicians. Uh, you know, Jack White's amazing. He's an amazing guitar player. Uh, Trent Reznor. 
He's uh, an amazing artist. But, you know, I'm, I'm actually working with people now that uh, I really admire. You know, for example, Mike Patton. He's an amazing uh, uh, composer, yes. as well as John Zorn, Bill Laswell. And the musicians I've met along the way are very, you know, I, I look up to. You know, some of the composers that I've been working recently with um, are, are amazing. Christopher Young. He's written music for Nightmare on Elm Street, Ghost Rider, uh, Hellraiser, and I worked with him recently, and that was, you know, phenomenal. Tyler Bates, who does music with uh, uh, for Californication and Watchmen and 300, you know, I look up to him, and, and I'm very lucky and fortunate to, to, to work with him and know him mm. and have him as a friend, so it's, it's great. I hear you saying that there's nowhere to get to. Like that you're really satisfied with who you're surrounded by now and who you're working with. Yeah, and you know, of course, there's many musicians out there I would love to work with, but you know, it's not something that I sit. So you don't have like the list, and you're like checking it off or anything. Oh no, no, oh, absolutely not. Good. No good. things as things come. You know, I, I work on them. So. What music? Would you listen to like when you're doing physical work? Like if you've got to clean out your garage. Like, what are you going to put on and listen to? Um, I put my iPod on shuffle and okay. um, just, you know, just listen to it that way. Um, there's too many different genres or a particular group to pick where I get frustrated. I'll sit there and go through the entire thing. It's like, I'll give up and say, I don't know what I want to listen to. So I, I just put it on shuffle and, and just let it go. Okay. What do you want listeners to know about you that they may not know? Mm, they pretty much know everything. <laughs> uh, I've been I've been open and and honest, you know, with my public, and you know they know how diverse in music I am, and um, you know they know I probably that that I ride skateboard. You know they know I enjoy uh, I don't enjoy ball sports, but I enjoy motorsports. You know. Oh wow. Uh, yeah, you know anything that has to do with wheels and going fast—that's for me. Uh-huh. Uh huh. So. Yeah, chasing a ball just doesn't just does appeal unless I'm doing it, you right, know, right. like going out and playing, you know, football or soccer or something. But to watch it now, so okay. It. Thank you for your time, and I do want to thank you just for your innovation and the giant leap forward that I think drumming took post Angel of Death and what what you presented to the world there hadn't been done before. So awesome. you made it thank you, you and I'm still trying to to give more. Well, you know, and to we, the public, you so. know, and the public does really appreciate that. You just made such a huge impact on on heavy music and drumming and music in general. Cool. Thank you. Enjoy your day, sir. Thank you. Thank Likewise. You. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. And that concludes another podcast episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. More on the way. I am Diane Kamikaze. Check my Twitter and my Instagram handle is one word, Diane Kamikaze. Kamikaze ends with an E. On Facebook, you can find me as Diane Kamikaze Farris, Rocker for Life and Making a Difference. The full link to my uh, index of shows and podcasts is can be found on wfmu.org slash playlists slash DK. Those are, that's a capital D and a capital K for an expanded version with lots and lots of music wisecracks and fun stuff. I'm going to be working on encore presentations, and I've got years of old 
interviews and podcasts. So if there's something that you'd like to see reposted that you missed, please get in touch. Send me email, diane at wfmu.org. And be sure to subscribe to the show. And if you like it, please rate it and review it. Wow. WFMU. Peer pressure. Thank you. See you next time.